Welcome everyone to Be Better Betters. I'm the host, Spanky. Thanks for listening. I'm taping this Tuesday night, December 10th. Just got back from dinner with a few buddies. Had a couple of bottles of wine, feeling good. I put some questions, requests uh, that I could answer on Twitter. So I'm going to go knock these out and I'm going to maybe elaborate on a couple. And um, and we'll just go from there. Let's wing it. Alright, I'm going with the first question going right in order. Bill Zink writes, Any experience with the Sports Insights screen and how it compares to Dom Best? Bill, I don't use Sports Insights. I use Dom Best and I have my own screen that looks at different shops all over the world that are not on Dom Best. So everything is built in-house. And, um, I, I, you know, Sports Insights, I know, is a good company. Um, and um, I, I know they got some good stuff there. Uh, you know, they made a name for themselves in the business. But when it comes to uh, screens, again, I use my own thing. And I use the Dom Best premium screen. Next question. WB Analytics. If you could describe your average working day, let's say Tuesday. All right. No problem, WB Analytics. So what happens is, is when we get in the morning, what we always do is we check overnight injuries to see if anything changed and to see a lot of overnight line movements. As you know, um, this is I'm talking about for basketball now. Football is the same thing, but for basketball, lines get hung up the night before usually. So we're looking at seeing uh, what moved the numbers and if anything moved very heavy overnight. And then we look at that. I get a report from several handicappers that I have that give me their sets of numbers. I compare my numbers and see how the market is reacting. And then I'm seeing what, what in generic approach I want to take for every game on the board and seeing, okay, which way are we going to go with this or that? If I think this is a fake move, if I think this is a real move, to try to predict which way the lines are going. Then what we're doing is we're looking at off prices to try to see if anybody's sleeping. Um, a, a lot of the bookmakers early in the morning, 8, 9 a.m. Eastern, they don't have highest limits. So we kind of have a, a time schedule where we want to make sure that we want to time everything so that we get the most down, but we don't want to wait too late because obviously there's other groups trying to bet into these same numbers. So it's one of those things, and I, I've talked about this in the past, as a, as a betting group, a syndicate group, or a group that gets down, you call us whatever you want. I don't know what, you know, what they say, syndicates, or sharp betting group, or whatever. But you want to try to get down the most amount possible by getting and getting the best price possible. The longer you wait, the more you can get down, but the worse price you're going to get. The sooner you go and bet it, you're going to get a great price, but guess what? You're not going to get down that much. So there's a fine line there. You want to manage both things to try to maximize, um, to reach an optimal point where you get both maximum amount and best price. Um, once we do that, then we're looking at numbers. We're looking at different things, scouting different injuries, scouting different lines, and then we're just trading. We're looking at different things to see, okay, if we think this number's bottomed out, maybe we go bet it over. If we look at a different game and we think, oh, this game's going, this game's reached its peak, maybe we could go under. Um, and then guys that are questionable in the morning, doubtful, questionable, probable. That's the injury status. Injury status in sports, you got a guy out, in, 
and then the three, you know, doubtful, questionable, probable, and usually put them into 25% quadrants, so to speak. So, you know, rough get out, obviously 0%, uh, doubtful, 25%, questionable, 50%, probable, 75%, and of course, you know, expected to play um, is is in, that's going to be the 100%. Very few people say out or in, you know, it's expected to miss or expected to play, because then, God forbid, if you say out and he's in, or in and he's out, then it's a whole mess. So a lot of the industry doesn't like to use the words out and in, but, you know, that's what we equate it as, expected to play means he's in. Um, so we're looking at that, and all the guys that are questionable, probable, doubtful, um, then we're going to try to examine their status, look to see where those lines are going. Um, I'm in communication with people all around the world, uh, a lot of things on finding out which way I think numbers are going to go, and to be able to, again, my, my ultimate goal is to try to beat the closing line. That's what we're always doing. So that's what I'm doing. Um, I'm also on the phone. Um, you know, on a Monday is, is, is a big difference. On Tuesday, it's not that bad, but Tuesday, I'm kind of um, uh, 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 doing most of the Monday figure leftovers um, that my partner, Chinese Mike, couldn't get to, and then he's also talking. Again, we have so many betting partners, so we have to check. We try to check in with everybody on a Monday, but then if we have to arrange to be able to settle up or if we have to get new accounts, so that's always a problem where we're trying to get new accounts um, to be able to put them into our system so we can bet them. Um, some accounts say, hey, listen, guys, we'll say, oh, shut this account off. The bookmaker doesn't want your action anymore, so we've got to shut that account off. So it's a constant managing of accounts. Um, so that's another thing that's going on. Also, betting partners like to speak. You know, we didn't have a good week this week, unfortunately. So a lot of betting partners that are new in the game, um, they might say, hey, listen, what's up, Spank? You know what I mean? You know, some some people need to talk and know that everything's going to be okay. Um, so I'll talk to people, you know what I mean, depending, or Mike will talk to them. It all depends. But, um... But again, it's just constant in communication with our betting partners, in communication with market, with the market and 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 market influencers, market analyzers, um, most other groups that do this worldwide. We're in communication with that are the who's who of the business guys that don't need to be recognized or don't want to be known. Um, but um, but we're in constant communication with those guys, so. It's just a constant trying to maximize getting the best price possible. As the day goes later in the day, um, then I I my, my uh, I have a prop crew and um, that does all my prop betting for us in our accounts. That's when the props can hang up and all the other exotic crap that you know what I mean that is is is, is great, but. It's not something I do personally at this point. There's a big earn there. But again, those are the easiest ways to lose accounts if you want to bet props, exclusively props. But I have a group that mixes my uh, the props that we do in into my accounts and um, and, and and we're able to, uh, to utilize that as well. So that's the whole day. Then you know what I mean? Uh, we, I set up meetings. I'm having dinner meetings like I just had right now. Um... And so on and so forth. And then the next day, pretty much rinse and repeat, do the same exact thing. The beauty about basketball season is you don't have to babysit pieces, meaning, you know, everything just happens that day. So every day is a, is a different battle. And you could shake it off. If you have a bad day, you could shake it off and have another battle the next day. Whereas football, it's like a war. And there's many battles going on every day from Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, all up and leading into Saturday's college football games. There's these many little battles 
and that then the ultimate war happens on Saturday. So you kind of are preparing yourself, positioning yourself to try to optimize because these prices are moving and you want to be able to optimize yourself to be able to get in at the best prices possible. So that's the long-winded answer on an average working day. Uh, let's see what we got here. Um, Wise the Quant, why don't you record your, oh yeah, this guy Wise the Quant, Tyler Wise, he seems to be answering a lot of these questions, uh, you know what I mean, I don't know the guy, he's a troll for me, and he likes to look at my shit, he could answer whatever he wants, I don't know if he's sharp or not, but proceed at your own risk, I don't know this guy, so, let's move on, um, what is the best bet you've ever made? By Nelson, Nelly underscore covers. Hi, Nelson. The best bet I ever made, um, that's hard, man, you know what I mean? The, the best bets, honestly, are the ones that um, I have 100% edge on, I can't lose. Um, so those are the ones that are like, you just have information that the bookmaker didn't account for. Um, recent memory, I'm just trying to think of one. Where, uh, okay, yeah, there was a Japanese pitcher just earlier this year. And um, and uh, the manager, I guess in J Japan they have a six-man rotation um, or something like that. So this, you know, and in, in the U.S. here we have a five-man pitcher rotation. So this guy, um, I think on his sixth or seventh start, whatever it was, the the Seattle Man Mariners manager, who I don't even know the name of the guy, but he said that I'm only going to pitch him. I'm only going to let him, you know, uh, go out there as an opener, as just one or two innings. Um, and the sports books, of course, uh, many of the sports books don't realize this information. So I remember this vaguely, uh, the guy's name it begins with a K, Japanese guy, um, Kuchi or Kamachi or something like that. But um, the guy was, I remember the strikeouts was like under four and a half strikeouts. And the guy's going to pitch one or two innings. So that's one of those things in which, damn, you know what I mean? Unless he strikes out the side, you know, both innings, that's how I'm going to lose that bet. So it's pretty much 100% betting that under four and a half. That's like money in a bank. Um, you know, it's an easy win because bookmakers are not looking for stuff like that. And they don't understand that this guy's only going out there for an inning. Um, other stuff that had, that was still very super positive EV, obviously, was that boxing fight, Mayweather-McGregor, everybody, you know, a lot of the sharps were on Mayweather on that, including myself, not that I'm sharp, but, you know, I, I, my buddy, who's a big boxing guy, he tells me that Mayweather, you get, I remember he told me, you get, you know, there's like two or three of these in a lifetime, I'll never forget the words he said, you get two or three of these in a lifetime, and this was one of them. So I bet accordingly. And again, I don't like laying heavy prices. Um, so I wound up laying 3 or $4. I forget what the price was. And it was one of those things in which I bet a significant amount of money. And, and I tell him, how much would one bet? He goes, you know, you want to bet enough so that if you lose, it's not going to kill you. But it's really going it, 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 to, it'll, it'll pinch you hard if you lose. That was his description. Um, so I said, all right, fair enough. And, you know, I mean, I'm not going to disclose the amount I bet. But it was definitely a nice amount, and it was one of those bets which went, went, you know, in the beginning, those first two rounds, I was like, shit, man, I'm about to get pinched pretty hard, but uh, but then things wanted to working out, 
And um, it's one of those bets which you're, you're not happy that you win. You're just happy you didn't lose. It's kind of a thing. Um, that's what happens when you lay these heavy prices. Um, you know, again, four to one might not be that heavy, but it's not. I'm not. I'm used to laying one ten. You know, one fifteen, one twenty. I'm not used to laying four dollars. I'm used to taking. You know, uh, some nice long prices. Taking fifteen to one, twenty to one. If you play middles, you're taking twenty to one. You know what I mean? So it's like one of those things in which laying four to one. It's just not in me. It's not in my DNA. I don't. I'm not used to doing it. So I was happy when um when the whole thing ended and uh, it wound up being good. Those are the two. There's other ones too, you know what I mean? But those those are the two that come to mind. Uh, let's see here. Um, Jerry Shoebox. Has your job become easier or harder since BW went to jail? BW meaning Billy Waters. Um, nah, you know, honestly, Jerry, um, my... Uh, my job doesn't change, you know what I mean? Billy Walters is a market mover. He he moves the market, but there's other people that also move the market. So it's um it's it, it wouldn't matter, you know. When, when when for one for one Billy there's going to be another guy that's going to replace him that's going to be moving numbers and and betting some same stuff and similar stuff. So it, it really didn't have any bearing on me uh to be honest with you. And I wish Billy well. Um I know Billy from what I understand is expected to be out hopefully uh um, sooner than later, so, all right, Nelson, Nelly Covers, he's coming in with a lot of questions, do you ever bet parlays or teasers, what book allows you to bet the most, how many bets do you make in a day, how much live wagering do you do, how large is your team, oh, shit, I could do a whole podcast on all these questions, so let me try to get this fast, do you ever bet parlays or teasers, yes, um, uh, a lot of the teasers we bet are the teasers in the NFL that cross through the three and seven, um, depending on what the price you get, a lot of it's hard to get an advantage teaser these days, um, laying the right price, but yes, we, we do bet teasers, and it's, it's, it's not one of those things in which it's a big thing for us, it's there, we're gonna bet it, but, um, it's not our bread and butter. Do you ever bet parlays? You know, again, parlays are one of those things that we use personally. A lot of people use parlays to try to maximize their edge, and that's what we do, but we also do parlays to circumvent limits. So, for example, a two-team parlay um, will pay 13 of, uh, 13 of 5, which is plus 260. That's usually the price, the industry standard price. So let's just say we know a team, we know a big injury on a team, we know a line's going to go from 4 to 9, okay, and the sportsbook is only going to give me a dime on minus 4, but we know in about 15 minutes and when the news comes out or something that this thing's going to skyrocket, we love this piece, we want to get down as much as possible, okay, and it's going to move really, really heavy. So I could bet the sportsbook later 4 for a dime, minus 110, or... What I could do is I could try to circumvent the limits at the sportsbook, because usually when a sportsbook lets you bet parlays, there's no limit. So let me try to give an example. Um, I'm just going to say Team A, Team B. So let's just say we love Team A, okay? So if I love Team A, um, and instead of laying 110, what I could do is I could parlay Team A with, let's just say Team Y is playing Team Z. So if I, lay, if I parlay Team A with Team Y and Team A with Team Z, Right, so that means that if Team A wins, one of those parlays is gonna win. So what am I doing? I'm betting two parlays: a parlay with A, so I'm keying, I'm keying A, and I'm betting it with Y and Z. So if I do that, I'm I'm risking a dime to win 2,600 on uh, on AY, and a dime to win uh, 2,600 on AZ. Or essentially, if I could just do 
a uh, y or z essentially it's to uh um i'm risking two dimes but then one of them is going to lose so instead of winning 2600 i'm going to win 1600 so essentially i'm risking two dimes to win 1600 which is minus a quarter so you know i'm paying an extra 15 cents but guess what then i could key a with yz so i'm betting two dimes then i could key a with de a with FG, A with GH, just go right down the board, ba 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 ba. If I wanted to, and again, this is to crucify a bookmaker. If I wanted to crush them, and you know, if I don't think the account's gonna last, again, it's one of those tools in which you gotta use it accordingly. You pick your spots, but essentially, I'm laying 15 cents worse than what I'm getting. But 15 cents, if I think something's gonna move four or five points, means nothing because I know I'm gonna have the best of it. 15 cents is nothing. Plus, I got down for the amount that I want. So that's a time we use parlays to circumvent limits. Again, I don't recommend this for any amateur or anybody, you know, unless you're trying to bet big or whatever, but I still don't recommend this. This is some high-level shit. I never really talk about stuff like this because very few people this can apply to, but I'm just trying to give you some some deep underground shit that we do if we have to in order to get down more. Okay. Uh, let me just finish with Nelson. What book allows you to bet the most? Um, we have, you know I mean? We have several, uh, books in Asia that let us bet. We have several books that nobody's ever heard of, some per-head sites that let us bet because it's not the per-head site that's letting us bet the most. It's the bookmaker that's writing their business down on the per-head site. So again, we have guys, um, that are able to get us great accounts that, um, that we're able to get down the most there. So places you've never even heard of. How many bets do you make in a day? Thousands. Um, you know, on a given, uh, the college basketball Saturday where there's a hundred games, you know what I mean? I'm betting first half sides, totals were going, I don't want to say, th- you know, but there's a lot, uh, individual bets. Pieces is different. Pieces, of course, it's a lot less, but individual bets at certain books, books, thousands, tens of thousands even. Uh, how much live wagering you do? Not much at all. Live wagering came up after I came up, in, uh, came in the business after I came up in the business. So, um, I never really got accustomed to it. My guys do it a little bit. Um, they're starting to get, get into it a little bit, but again, it's one of those things in which, you know, there's only so many hours in a day. We do really good pregame. Our plate's already full. I know there's a lot of earn in the live wagering market. I know there's people that, that do very good in that, um, but it's just not our thing uh, that could change. And last, how large is your team? Our team of traders and people in the office, we have six people, but then I have guys remotely located, uh, um, four guys remotely located, so total is about 10 guys. Okay, next, John B. Kirkman. How much can you win at a book before they boot you generally? <coughs> um, you know, a lot of it doesn't have to do with winning. Um, David Hill, who was the writer for The Ringer that I put into William Hill, um, not one bet was graded, and he got limited to a dime across the board when they told him in the morning that his limit was uh, the sky's the limit. That's exactly, that was the word, sky's the limit. So a lot of it doesn't have anything to do with the bet winning or losing. Once I lay five and the line goes to eight, if I, if I take seven and the line goes down to four, these are the things that the bookmakers are looking for, and they know if I'm beating that number and if that number is moving after I bet it, then they know they're not going to be able to beat me in the long run, and usually 9 out of 10 bookmakers, or maybe I should say 99 out of 100 bookmakers, don't have the talent or maybe don't have the clientele to be able to use that information accordingly to be able to um, uh, make more of a profit um, after booking me. So, 
the answer is is it has nothing to do with the wind usually it has to do with uh the 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 type of work that they see okay vegas sports strategy ats strategy best methods for seeing line moves and more so predicting line moves Okay, so the best thing to do is you be looking at an odd screen like a Don Best, like a, a Sports Insights, like something, and you just look for it, and then you'll understand there's guys that move before other people. Um, so you gotta, you gotta, you know, just look at that. But not all those guys. Sometimes those guys get head faked, and we'll talk about that maybe later on. But uh, you know, the best thing to do is just look at numbers moving instead of instead of reading about stats. Instead of reading everybody, I think Tom Brady's gonna do this and that, and I think you know LeBron James is 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 um, gonna really put up a lot of points. Forget about that bullshit. Don't worry about what these guys are writing. All that stuff is in the line already. What you want to do is you want to look at the lines, look at the lines move, and analyze how they move. Don't place any bets. Just spend a week analyzing that shit. Sit in front of the computer for 13 hours and watch lines move. Start taking notes. See if you can notice a trend. See if you can notice something. That's how you get good. Again, it's going to be hard to learn to get good in a week. Um, you know, I've been doing this for the better part of 20 years, but I'm just saying it, it, you got to start somewhere, and I think that's the best place to start. Um, best days to beat the market. I'm guessing Saturday is best because the most action. Yeah, Saturday is when you have college football, college basketball mixed in. It's very hard for a bookmaker to be right on every single number and to keep up with all the action, especially when you have full game and first half. So that's when you could just cherry pick and you could just bang, bang, bang. Nobody can move that fast because people don't have auto line movers. So it's hard for a bookmaker to keep up with that. Um, so yeah, Saturday is definitely uh, the best or the best time to earn for everybody. Okay. Uh, back, oh, okay, but, uh, back door cover. How do you spot head fakes? Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, I just talked about it. How do you spot head fakes or false moves on games? Um, you know, it's one of those things in which it takes experience to spot head fakes. Um, there's no true and tired way saying, all right, if this guy moves, this guy moves, you know. And plus, honestly, I'm the one sometimes doing the head fakes. So I'm not going to tell you that answer. I'm not going to tell you how you spot it. You got to figure out yourself. Um, and and see if it works for you. That's one of those things in which just experience is going to give you the best option to do so. Okay, next, Mike Cordaro. The NFL seems to lend itself to trends slash systems. Can someone make a profit by steadfastly playing a system, i.e. divisional unders? I don't think so. Um, there was something back in the day. I remember somebody said if you bet every NFL dog, um, like in the 80s, 90s, or whatever, you'd be up a little bit. But, again, you know, these systems, again, uh, I'm not a fan of these systems. Um, you never want to have something that's that's a surefire system to be able to, um, that's always going to work every single time. So, you know what I mean? There's no uh, uh, recipe that will be tried and true, really, uh, for the most part. So I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go in that direction. Sports Predictor, at Predictor HQ, do you ever bet any player props for your betting partners, or is it sides and totals only? Yeah, I have my own division that um, that bets the props for me, and, um, you know, real sharp prop guys. Um, there's uh, there's one prop guy um, that um, that he's the, the, I think he's the best in the world, um, and, and he's the kind of guy in which, um, you know what I mean, it's just like, you know, I... I, I I thought I think I'm I'm good at what I do. Um, this guy just you know what I mean. Again, he, you lose accounts a lot faster, but it's like printing money. It's crazy. These these props, there's definitely an earn there, but you lose accounts pretty fast once you get good at them. Whereas if you're betting sides and totals, um, you get more of a leash. 
um, a longer leash, so to speak, and um, you um, you're able to last longer. Okay, next, how about Lewis at Lewis on Air? What are some things to study to become a better better? Oh, that's the name of the podcast. Maybe you could listen to Be Better Betters. That might be a plan. But to study, um, again, the book I always refer to is the book that started me that just looks at line movements and analyzes discrepancies. It pretty much just gives you a little uh, thing to look at. Is the Complete Book of Sports Betting by Jack Moore. Um, and another thing to study is just line movements. Read, read, read. Not um, if you want to do it my way. If you want to become a handicapper, work from the bottom up, then there's a lot of podcasts to do that. There's a lot of literature out there to be able to create models. And I think no matter what you do, you should study. If you want to get good and take things to a next level, I think everybody that's in this field should somehow, some way, be some type of a coder. Language doesn't matter. Um, but you should be able to code in some language to be able to make the computer crunch through numbers a lot faster and analyze numbers a lot faster than any human can ever do so. So I think being a coder is a very important skill, not just in betting or, or, or professional betting or bookmaker or anything, but I think in any walk of life, 2019, technology runs our lives. So, um, being a computer, uh, you know, I got lucky. I, I, I you know, m- my family guided me um, to be to, to, to study. I, you know, I have a computer science and a finance degree, and uh, I kind of use the best of both worlds there um, to be able to get where I'm at. But you know what I mean. I could have, uh, if if you're gonna major in art or some shit like that, then you know, not that, not saying that you can't get ahead, but you know, you gotta learn the coding and you gotta do things on your own. So I would definitely. Um, if you are, if you're young, if you're a young kid still in high school or, or college or whatever, I would definitely try to take some programming classes on your own or in the school. If not, definitely pick up a book. Um, back in the day, I remember to teach yourself, um, and teach yourself Sam's publishing, teach yourself Java in 21 days or teach yourself C in 21 days. These were always, I liked those books a lot. Um, um, so they were always helpful for me. I don't even know if they still make them anymore. Okay, let's do this. Uh, DJ at D Johns 04. Do any of your teammates have a great understanding of sports, teams, players, etc.? Or is everyone a numbers guy who doesn't know Wayne Gretzky from Brent Gretzky? I don't even know who Brent Gretzky is, but um, my teammates, yeah, I have one guy on my team that's an active trader. He runs my desk. He knows a lot of the players, and then he kind of makes a chart for us, so if he's not here, we'll know what every player is worth in case he's in or out. So that's the important thing. Um, You want to know what every player is worth to a team um, if he's ever out. Uh, that's that's the, that's the most important thing you want. Uh, the information you kind of need um, is the value to that team. And again, the value will of course differentiate slightly if they're playing Team A versus Team B. But for the most part, um, what he's worth usually, you know, as long as you have a ballpark figure, you know if he's only worth a half a point. Ah, fuck, you know, I don't care. I'm not gonna really. Um, you know, I don't, uh, we're not going to really, um, move ahead on this, or, uh, if he's worth more points, then, um, then, then we might want to take a position, um, if we find out that person, that, that, that player is not playing. Okay, next, um, what is the softest betting market? Is there one? Nah, and listen, everything, because I, I think the, that's hard. I think everything is soft except the NFL and the, you know, English Premier League, 
Um, to some extent, everything can be beaten with enough research, analytics, uh, and analyzing markets. I still, I, you know, and some people still tell me, you know, the EPL, there's guys that are building models that could beat that too. I'm not one of those guys. I don't really like soccer, to be honest. That's not my thing. I grew up in Jersey. We didn't play soccer. So, uh, and I don't watch soccer, so that's not my thing. But some people do it. And if there's money to be made, it'll be great. Believe me, it's not about liking a sport in order to make money on it. It's just that a lot of the EPL stuff moves at like 3 a.m. Eastern, um, 4 a.m. Eastern, and I just don't have a staff to be able to cover that um, um, uh, available. And I always ex thought about expanding to have a staff do that. But again, our plates are so full, and we're fine the way we're at. But yes, it's it's. I think if you're able to um, to like NFL and EPL and stuff like you know, these are the big big sports that are the toughest to beat, in my opinion. There are groups that do so. And um, those are the best groups in the world. I pale in comparison to any of these guys. I'm just, you know, I'm just doing my thing, trying to make my earn, um, doing what I do. But uh, I don't bet these big, you know, I, I can't, I don't think I can beat the NFL. Um, and I definitely never even tried to beat the EPL. And I know I can't, and I'm never going to try. Um, you got to know what you're good at and what you're not good at. That's a very important thing to, to be able to, and just in life in general. Um, never will I tell you, or any if anybody else tells you I beat everything. No, nah, it doesn't. It doesn't work that way. You just want to be able to know what your strengths are, and know your weaknesses. And you know, EPL, NFL, or any efficient market like that is a big weakness, and I, I don't touch it really. Although we do bet NFL for cover to be able to have our accounts last longer. Okay, holy sh! I'm I'm rolling here. This is great. I feel as if I'm talking to somebody. I like this format. Um. What do sports books do with the cash they hold overnight? Repo. This is by Genius Stern. I don't know what that means. What do the sports books do with the cash they hold overnight? Who's holding cash overnight? I don't get that question. I'm skipping it. Next, Miguel Wang Adonis, ninety-eight, ninety-eight. Spanky. Thoughts on what's going with Penny? Commission increasing. Liquidity decreasing and KYC for big money is now equal to the shitty books tactics. How do you see Penny evolving from here? They are clearly struggling more versus back then. I completely disagree with that. I think Pinnacle is on top of their game. A lot of people see Pinnacle struggling because Pinnacle is no longer in the U.S. market. So Pinnacle will have a very low amount on a college basketball game or on a, on, you know, a college football game or on props. You know what I mean? Pinnacle left the U.S. market um, in 2007, January 11th, 2007 to be exact. So... You know, they made the decision back then and there, this is 12 years ago, that they're going to now focus on dealing big in the soccer market. And they got their asses handed to them early on trying to deal with the soccer markets. But then, slowly but surely, they learned they're able. And again, that's how you become the best bookmaker, is to be able to learn from your mistakes and understand and profile your customers correctly. And now, when it comes to soccer, um, anybody in the world will tell you Pinnacle is definitely super, super ranked. Um, very, very high rating when it comes to the European sports. So I don't think, I think they're getting a bad name only because they're not out of the U.S. market. They don't have the clientele. Um, um, but they still get to give a decent pop on NFL, NBA. Just in the college markets where, you know, back in the day, I remember Pinnacle was taking five dimes on college basketball totals, believe it or not, 2005, 2006. You know what I mean? It was Those were the glory days. But those days are long gone. But I, I think Pinnacle's great. And um and and they definitely were a trendsetter 
uh, and, and a definitely a leader in our industry. How about Dominic Fannin? Add Dominic Fannin. Do you play parlay cards where the lines are the same throughout the weekend? Yeah, Delaware, when Delaware came out, um, a couple of buddies of mine used to do that stuff. Again, you know what I mean? It's not, it's, 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 um, it's not my thing. There's definitely an urn there. Don't get me wrong. If that's your thing, go ahead and knock it out. But it's, it, there's always ways to do it. That's, that's, if you, if, if you could earn that way, go ahead. I think that's a great way, in depending when they move those numbers. And, um, and I just don't personally do it at this point. All right. Next, how about, uh, at SZN? What's the best way to predict line movement? How does someone who bets the way you do handle a reverse line movement? Do you and your team do any live a second half betting? So again, I think I already elaborated on predicting line movement. You got to just experience. Um, how does someone who bets the way you do handle reverse line movement? It happens. Um, you know what I mean? There's different things. It depends how much. If I don't like the piece or if I think there might be a piece, we have all the information, but then an injury comes out, we're stuck with minus five. Um, somebody on, on the favorite team uh, is, is out, and we anticipate the line go down to four. Um, we're going to try to get off that piece as fast as possible. Um you know, and a lot of people, there's a thing called, you know, the Polish middle. Um, let's just say, I've, damn, I laid five and took four and a half. If I have to do that to get off the piece, I have to. And that's the thing, you know what I mean? It's one of those things in which at the time we bet every piece, we expect that line to beat the closing line. Um, of course, different things happen and things, uh, information gets revealed to us that we didn't know about. So sometimes we do get stuck. And when we do, it sucks. You just got to bite your tongue, take the loss, say shit and move on. Um, but if so, you know, and, and that's it. Uh, it's, it's a tough situation, but it's, 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 um, it's inevitable if you're doing this as long as I've been doing it. And if you're doing it at the scale, I've been doing it. So, yeah. Okay, who is the better that you respect the most? I respect several betters. Um, you know, Billy Walters is definitely the, the guy that kind of has the biggest persona and um, that has, you know, in the last 20 years, that has set the standards. Um, a lot of betters, you know, I'm going to try to bring on this podcast to, to, and I'll be able to talk to them, so I kind of don't want to give you that information, but best believe, if I'm bringing someone on this, I respect, on this podcast, I respect them, and a lot of people will be uh, anonymous, anonymously coming on, possibly, or they might not, you know, the, you know, I've already been turned down by a few people also, so that's cool, um, but uh, uh, if they come on, I definitely have respect them, I kind of don't want to ruin the surprise, but it's um th there's definitely a lot of people out there that I respect. How about that was by Coach Scotty D. By the way, all right, Coach. Next, Klausi. I don't even know how to say the Twitter name. Zalbo Kuchin, 45, most inefficient market to find an edge. Yeah, we kind of talked about that. Can anyone beat Penny? Really? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, again. Pinnacle, they think, oh yeah, can you still be Pinnacle? I bet you can't be Pinnacle. You only beat the soft outs. Nah, you know what I mean. You know, Pinnacle, um, especially, you know what I mean. Again, it, it all depends on the market and stuff. If I was to bet EPL against Pinnacle, could I beat them? Absolutely not. Um, 
but on the college markets in 2019, I'm sure if anybody's getting there, that's why Pinnacle doesn't take a big pop on that stuff. See, Pinnacle's no dummy. They're not going to take a big amount on stuff they're not confident on um, and that they don't have um, uh, a way to be able to leverage themselves to be able to go in wanting the sharp side. Um, you know, there was a time in which when Pinnacle was so strong, I'll never forget it, and I don't know who was running the stage back then, but, you know, there'll be times in which I'll lay 5 plus 03 at Pinnacle, and then they would auto-move, let's just say, to 5 minus 01, or 5 minus 02, and then a minute later, they'd hang up a minus 5 plus 04, essentially telling me, saying, all right, Spanky, you know, come and get us, and they taught me, and it was one of those things which that's how good they were, um, when they were confident in their number, they would they would give me a, offer me a penny better than what I just bet, and um, that's when I knew I need to. Oh shit! You know what I mean? You just learn. Never you know, you never want to be able to um, uh, attack uh, and think that you know more than anybody. That's something that's important in this business. When you think that you know you got all the answers. Um, uh, 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 if you think you got all the answers, they change the questions, you know, Roddy Piper, 84. But you can never have all the answers. So it's one of those things in which you have to know how to back off sometimes and say, all right, I got it now. Let me reevaluate this and not go all in um, um, and, and just understand that. Same thing with the Greek Spiro at, 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 at Olympic when he would get somebody's end, when his NBA was on fire. Um, when he would ever ask me if I say, okay, let me get over, you know, 187 for, for five dimes. And he would say, sure. Ask me if you want some more. Um, that's when I started panicking. You know what I mean? That's like, holy shit. You know what I mean? This thing's going to go down now and I'm bent over. So you have to learn when, 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 when you, you, they give you these clues. Um, and when they give you the clues, you have to know how to say, okay, just took a lump there. I'm going to learn now and, and, and act accordingly. A lot of, you know, they're, they're the best, the best, the best bookmakers in the world or betting bookmakers, and that's always been the case. Those are the bookmakers that that have their own numbers, that have their own handicappers, and that actually bet themselves. So Pinnacle's a perfect example. And back in the day, Pinnacle was a big, big betting bookmaker. Same thing with Olympic sports, the Greek. Same thing, um, you know, with other places as well. Um, but uh, you know, for those, you know, all the old school guys like a Delmar, those guys were big, big betting bookmakers. So, you know, once you play into a betting bookmaker, you realize, oh my God, um, you know what I mean? You know, not only are they a great bookmaker, but they're a lot sharper, better than I'll ever be. So I need to adjust accordingly and learn to try to pay. It's like you kind of reverse a bookmaker kind of pays the sharp better to get information. Me, you know, I remember with Delmar, when I used to play with Delmar, it was really easy. He would have this, uh, this interceptor type thing where he would be able to shave me. So I would know what the sharp side is by just trying to bet a side in a game. If he shaved me on a side, then I know he doesn't want me to have that piece, which means that that side is the right side and the line's going to move that direction. If he accepted the bet immediately on the internet, then I know, oh shit, I'm on the wrong side, so now I could load up on the other side. So it's one of those things you just kind of learn. They give you the answers, and, and that's the whole thing about any type of sports betting. They give you the answers. They give you the information. You just have to know how to react to it accordingly. You know, and, and that's, that, that's what separates the best bookmakers from the rest. Um, you know, in this day and age, all these places, all these European shops, what they're doing is they're copying 
Chris and Pinnacle. You know what I mean? That's that's uh, in the gist of it. Okay, every single short better, every smart better knows that that's who you're copying. So if you think that you're gonna go in there and beat the sharp, saying okay, but I'm dealing a Chris line, I'm dealing a Pinnacle line. Here I am, come and get me. Come on now, you know what I mean? Everybody knows that. So if everybody knows that, of course, if a group is gonna come out, they're not gonna bet Chris and Pinnacle first. Chris always gets the last hit because when Chris is the trendsetter. So if we're going out in a game, you know we have a. a, a uh, a thing on our on our robot on, on you know on my interface where I have a checkbox and it's a screen or not screen. So if I'm not going to go on the screen, so the screen is the certain shops that people will follow. Um, and we're never going to hit the screen first unless we want them to follow that. You know what I mean? But we're always going to go off screen first. And the guys that always follow Pinnacle and Chris, they're the easiest one because if I hit them, it's not like most of them are not even going to move because guess what? Pinnacle and Chris didn't move and they're just took, they just took a bet from me, but since they're copying Pinnacle and Chris, it doesn't matter. They're not moving on action. They're just simply moving on Chris and Pinnacle. So it just becomes so, so like uh, robotic and, and, and so beatable. And I hate, you know what I mean? I don't want to, I'm not trying to play anybody out in the business, but at the same time, like, you know, the art form of bookmaking is lost when you just copy someone's numbers. This is insulting to the greats that have built our business, the great bookmakers of the industry that have built our business for those guys that are just simply copying a number. It's not the right move. You want to be able, you know, the, the best of the best, they, um, they're going to move their action, um, on their, they're going to move their, uh, move their lines on their action. And this happens not just offshore. Um, or not just in these apps in Jersey and Vegas. You know, like I remember CG. Uh, I think it was CG Technology, formerly Canon Gaming. They um, somebody told me. I think somebody tweeted or something where they just stopped taking bets and they said, and they go, why? Because Don Best is down. You know, come on now, are you serious? So if you can't see what other bookmakers are dealing, you're gonna shut your business down, or you're gonna stop taking bets, or you're gonna severely limit everybody. See that right there just says, okay, you got a handicap where you can't book. You need to see what everybody else is at for you to book accordingly. Um, and 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 that's a thing. It's it's like one of those. It's it's the the Don Best screen kind of has spoiled uh, bookmakers and spoiled the industry. Um, where you know the guys that have come up in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s before the internet. These are the bookmakers that I admire because, listen, don't get me wrong, I also use Don Best. I also look at different lines. That's how I make my earn. So I'm spoiled just like everybody else's. Uh, and I, I don't have any ounce of talent when it comes to that. I can't make a number or anything. I just bet soft numbers and I'm looking for discrepancies. Um, but when it comes to guys making numbers and guys moving on action and the art of bookmaking, these are the old school guys that know how to do it and know how to profile their customers and have experience with that. And it's an art. And it's an art that's unfortunately getting lost in this generation. The guys, the, the best of the best, the guys are getting very old. Um, several of them are retired. Several of them are dead. Several of them are, are, are on their last legs. And, you know, who knows? So, it, it's just the industry is definitely uh, trending towards everything just being automated. And nobody really moving on action or... or profile their customers accordingly or using sharp action to their advantage and and it's sad to see that uh let's see what else i want to talk about i think that was all the questions so that was great man uh, you know guys 
I just said, man, like I'm talking to somebody in front of me. Um, but yeah, I think that was great, and I think we could do that every week. Just don't repeat the same questions because that gets kind of boring. I'm not gonna, you know, what I mean, I'll just say I answered that somewhere else. But I'd love to listen to um to uh different different question uh read different questions and answer different questions. Um, and I think I think we're good to go here. That's uh that's pretty much it. Nothing else I really want to talk about. So, um, I'll try to do this next week. Christmas is coming, um, and everybody's getting ready. Um, I got my Christmas party with my staff, um, on Thursday. So, uh, anybody out there, we're not going to be in on Thursday. Um, so, uh, we won't be doing any betting, really. But, um, it's the lightest board of the day, so that's when we usually take time to be able to have a Christmas party. It's one of the few days off we close the year. Um, so for all betting partners out there, if you don't see action, you might still see some action. We might still do some stuff, but not really. But if you don't see action, don't be alarmed. Nothing happened. Um, uh, we're just, you know, we're, we're, we're taking off for the Christmas, uh, for one day for Christmas. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. It's always a pleasure to do this, even though I'm talking to myself. Um, but this was nice for the questions. Uh, I'm trying to get some old-school bookmakers to do some interviews, and and it's hard. You know what I mean, guys? You know, I, I might be able to do something, but I'm trying. And if anybody else that's out there that's a bookmaker... You know, again, you could remain anonymous. If I know you or if I don't know you, I could ask around, get a reference, whatever. Most likely, though, if you're old school, I would know who you are, and I'd be happy to interview you and uh, to be able to tell your story completely anonymous. Your name will never be revealed. The shop will never be revealed. Nothing like that. Any pro sports better. A lot of them I know. Some I don't know. But uh, if you guys want to talk and shoot the shit, I'd be happy to do so. Be able to pick other people's brain um, and and try to learn some things um, to get a different perspective from what I can offer. Thanks so much, everybody. Thank you for the time. Until next time.